Welcome to Living and Marcelo's Criminology Podcast, a podcast hosted by Marcelo Aevi from the University of Lausanne, Switzerland, and Living Powers from Ghent University, Belgium. We aim to draw a map of the state of criminology across Europe through the words of contemporary criminologists. How is criminology defined and taught? Which are the main lines of research? Which are the main schools of thought in each country? These and many other questions are answered here by fellow researchers who share their vision on the development of criminology in their countries from its beginnings to the second decade of the 21st century. If you want to know and compare their stories, stay tuned. Today we are interviewing Miklos Levi. Miklos Levi is professor of criminology at the LTE University in Budapest in Hungary. He is a former president of the ESC. He graduated from the Faculty of Law and Political Sciences of the LTE University in 1980 and started his career as prosecution drafter at the Public Prosecutor's Office in Budapest before starting his academic career. He is a former head of department, dean and vice-rector at the LTE University. He is a member of the directory board of the Hungarian Society of Criminology and a member of the scientific board of National Institute of Criminology. This interview was conducted on the 16th of December 2022. Thank you very much for joining us uh, today in our um podcast series on criminology in Europe. Uh, we would like to start by asking you uh, how one would define uh, criminology in, in Hungary, actually. Thank you very much. Thank you very much uh, for uh, giving me and providing me this opportunity, this podcast, podcast uh, interview. So um, we have uh, a more than 1,000 page uh, textbook. It's a relatively new textbook in uh, criminology in Hungary, in Hungarian language. The, in the first chapter, I'm one of the editors of uh, this book and uh, one of the authors. And uh, in the first chapter, we deal with uh, the definition of criminology. What does uh, uh, criminology mean? And the starting point, uh, the Sutherland uh, definition uh, about uh, criminology uh, crime is a social phenomenon um, dealing with uh, uh, making of laws, uh, breaking of laws and reaction uh, of the state and the society to the criminality. However, what uh, we would add to the Sutherland uh, uh, definition that um, according to our uh, uh, view, criminology is an um, theoretical, empirical, and interdisciplinary autonomous uh, uh, study. And uh, the main task of, uh, of uh, our uh, discipline uh, to, to uh, understand the crime uh, phenomenon. So the definition of uh, criminology in Hungary, we should uh, say based on the approach and approaches of uh, Sutherland and Durkheim. And uh, Another point of view, which is uh, a formal uh, describe uh, the situation of criminology in Hungary. It's an educational program, uh, a scientific uh, or a discipline, a research field, and uh, 
fortunately, since uh, 2017, a job or profession as a criminologist. So okay. this is special, a job. Um, so you mean that before that, there was no specific job entitled uh, criminologist. Is that correct? Or it, It's absolutely correct. It's, um, it's interesting. For example, <laughs> um, I'm a criminologist um, in principle, but I have a law degree. Mm-hmm. I have a PhD in criminology, drugs and crime. That was the, the subject. And, and until uh, 2011, when the first master's program started in Hungary, before we had PhD uh, dissertations, but actually we have uh, uh, had uh, PhD uh, programs since uh, 2013. Now back to uh, your question. So um, we started uh, 2011, a master's program in criminology. We mean uh, uh, Department of Criminology, Faculty of Law at Vesloran uh, University. This is a two-year uh, program. Year by year, we've, we have uh, 35, 40 students. After the second year uh, and the so-called final exams and uh, defending the essay, they uh, have got uh, a diploma, a degree in criminology. Uh, however, uh, between 2013 and 2017, they uh, couldn't get a job as criminologist because it was not uh, a legally accepted uh, degree uh, as a profession or job. And fortunately, in 2016, uh, the government issued a governmental degree, and in uh, that governmental uh, degree detailed what kind of uh, jobs uh, you can uh, get as a criminologist. For example, probation officer working in a victim uh, service uh, department, uh, um, in a prison, a crime prevention uh, program of a local government. So before 2017, criminologist would mean a person who are dealing with uh, research and teaching criminology, a law faculty, or since uh, 2011, uh, the, uh, our master's program. But since uh, 2017, has a meaning, a criminologist, uh, uh, a profession. Okay, so it means that, for example, when they open positions in the public uh, domain, these criminologists, these people can apply as criminologists. Yeah, exactly, exactly. For example, if you would like uh, to be a probation officer, for, uh, for example, uh, in Budapest, and there is a vacancy, uh, and uh, you can apply uh, uh, for that job as a criminologist, because there is a list of uh, the degrees which you can get this job, for example, social worker, sociologist, criminologist. So I know that you played a major role in, in creating this master. And then how did you manage to get the, the government to accept the title of criminologist for some positions? Um, the first uh, answer is, uh, sorry, it's uh, not so nice answer. I don't know, but of course, <laughs> Of course, but uh, but uh, more seriously. So um, 
we made an elaboration. I actually I made an elaboration to the uh, what's uh, the position? Uh, just a minute. State Secretary of the Ministry of Home Affairs, and uh, in that elaboration, um, I, I described what does uh, master's program uh, mean and why would be important to accept in different uh, area of the, the, the crime prevention, uh, prison life, uh, victim service, that with this degree uh, uh, could work. However, without admitting uh, uh, the, the uh, degree of criminology as a job, as criminologist, they couldn't uh, get uh, the job. Uh, they don't uh, have the same uh, opportunity and possibility to get that kind of job. And there is only this master program, which is focusing on the real uh, crime-related uh, uh, issues and 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 offenders and victims uh, issues. And uh, fortunately. Uh, the the state state secretary of uh, the ministry of interior who 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 is a lawyer and i think this is uh, the personal uh, background um interested in uh, the scientific questions of crime and criminality it it was a long process but finally uh, uh, finally the 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 ministry accepted our elaboration and uh, um, a short period of time uh, a governmental degree was issued might be i can imagine that was some lobbying actions who who my my colleagues uh, who had uh, a good relationship or professional relationship with that uh, uh, state secretary Okay, that uh, that is great, and so because this is a challenge in many countries, and mm -hmm. for the creation of the degree, because if it is in this way, I imagine that you will also have some sort of uh, national um, recognition of the degree. Yes, we have a Hungarian accreditation committee, and it was a two-step uh, process. The first step, uh, we made uh, the curricula and uh, a request it was a new master program so that's why it, it was uh, uh, it's difficult uh, to, to to start an a completely new uh, master's program i mean completely new in hungary completely new in hungary and we were really happy that the hungarian accreditation committee accepted with anonymously and the, after the first uh, negotiation on our uh, report, December 2010, it meant that uh, we could uh, get a chance uh, to work out the detailed program, the teaching program, and the second step when uh, uh, the Senate of the university uh, dealing with uh, the detailed program and uh, it was said, okay, you can start uh, the program as the master's program of the Utvashloran University. Ah, okay. And for that also, you needed some, uh, I imagine, some lobby, yeah? No, no, really, no, yeah. no. It's a Hungarian accreditation committee. Um, I think it's a really a sort of 
higher educational professional uh, body. It's the uh, highest uh, uh, body of uh, the quality insurance or something like that. Yeah. Uh, I'm honest, there was yeah. no need uh, lobbying. The profession is another case. Yeah. No, but it's quite interesting because this is a challenge in many countries. Uh, I am a little bit more uh, acquainted with the, how it works in Spain, and it was mm -hmm. it took years because it didn't take you a lot eh, for you. Mm -hmm. I remember mm -hmm. that you started mentioning that um, maybe in 2009 and in 2011 uh, exactly. it was done. No, uh, uh, preparing for uh, this interview, I checked we started at the department 2007 and we completed the material for the Hungarian Accreditation Committee. It was the first half of 2010 and the Hungarian Accreditation Committee accepted our program uh, uh, December 2010. It was ah, okay. a three years process. Yeah, we, we worked very hard. Uh, let me mention them, a, a few colleagues. Uh, a few of them are familiar. Uh, with you, for example, Professor Katalin Göncel, Eva Inzert, Andrea Borbiro, uh, David Wieg, so, uh, and Chaba Jury, of course. Okay, okay, okay. So, yeah, quite impressive. And currently, you are the only um, university delivering uh, this degree? No. Uh, a couple of years later, my <laughs> previous university, the University of Miskolc, this is a countryside university, the northeastern part uh, of Hungary, and uh, the Faculty of Law started the program. It was good for uh, that uh, uh, faculty because they didn't uh, have to provide a request to the Hungarian Accreditation Committee, just the Senate of uh, the University of uh, Miskolc. The difference is uh, the curricula. It's much more legal studies oriented, that uh, program. And the other uh, difference, we have uh, full-time students. And that uh, uh, program, master's program, uh, has uh, part-time students. So most of them are working and, uh, and uh, uh, studying. And less uh, uh, students than our uh, program. Okay, so you opened the field and now um, it's becoming more and more important. But but if we go a little bit back, there, there was this, already a, um, a tradition of criminology in Hungary, and I'm thinking mainly of Denis Zabo, although he did his, his uh -huh. life outside. Huh? <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, it's interesting. Uh, if we look back uh, the Hungarian criminology, the first thing we should emphasize how our discipline uh, depends on uh, uh, the character of the politi political power. For example, um, uh, the Hungarian criminology started during the uh, Austro-Hungarian monarchy. The criminology uh, was uh, a part of the criminal law subject at the universities. At the universities, mainly uh, the followers and uh, and uh, students of Franz von Liszt were uh, the first uh, uh, professors and teachers 
uh, who, who started to teach uh, criminology, but as part of uh, the criminal law, as part of the criminal law, not an, uh, uh, a single um, uh, independent uh, subject. Between the First and Second World War, it was uh, a so-called authoritarian uh, uh, regime. Um, I wouldn't say that uh, the criminology was banned. However, there was no financial sources. And, uh, and after the Austro-Hungarian monarchy, when uh, the criminology reached a relatively high level, it was, uh, if we comparing the European situation, it was the same uh, level, and uh, and the countries where uh, criminology was a part of the university education. However, between the First and Second World War, there was only subject, there was no financial uh, sources doing research, doing empirical research. Most of the research based on the criminal statistical data. During the 50s, uh, during the 50s, during the so-called uh, proletariat dictatorship, it was banned. Um, ah. The criminology, it was really banned uh, because as in that time, that was the official political or ideological slogan, criminology like sociology or psychology, pseudo-bourgeois uh, science, not a really science. Yeah. But uh, the political background was that uh, uh, the proletariat, uh, the, that dictatorship was uh, uh, labeled as a higher level of the capitalist society and uh, the crime and the, the crime phenomena, uh, it was a, a not so nice side of, uh, of, the, of the regime and the official slogan and ideology was uh, when uh, the capitalist uh, remains and part of the society could be demolished there would wouldn't be crime and we, we are we are waiting <laughs> but that situation now okay that was uh, the 1950s and after the 1956 revolution it uh, started uh, uh, how can I uh, say, um, I wouldn't say a, a liberal, but less authoritarian uh, uh, regime and uh, started uh, to develop uh, um, the social sciences and uh, the criminal uh, uh, criminology was again a university a subject at the law faculties from uh, the 2000 uh, 64, 63, 64, but as an optional course. And from the middle of 1960s, uh, all of the that time law faculties, that time there were three law faculties. The criminology was uh, one or two semesters uh, obligatory course for, for law students, for law students. And that was the situation actually um, um, uh, until the middle of uh, 1980s. In 1980s in Hungary uh, started the first uh, uh, social worker uh, university uh, educational program and one of uh, the members of uh, that staff was Professor Katalin Gönsel, um, a criminologist 
and uh, and the criminology was introduced the curricula of uh, the the social workers and uh, uh, now the situation as as i mentioned we have uh, eight law faculties <laughs> all of them the criminology is obligatory course um, separate from the criminal law as obligatory uh, uh, subject obligatory subject at the uh, it's a very short way, the Police Academy, the official name, uh, uh, just a minute, uh, the National Public Service University and Faculty of uh, Law Enforcement. And in that uh, faculty, the criminology, the two semesters uh, uh, obligatory course, obligatory course. And we have master's program, University of Miskolc also, and uh, and uh, and we have uh, and the University of Miskolc also PhD program in criminology. Okay, you also have PhD in criminology at Edwards Lorand, eh? Yes, yes, we have in both. We yeah. have, yeah. we have, yeah. we have. Yeah. So in these like like three periods, eh? so before First World War, with mm -hmm. the disciples of von Liszt, and then. Yeah, the dictatorship in between first and, and second world war, autocratic regime, then the prohibition, and then it starts again after in the 1990s when it is reintroduced. Yeah. Eh? Uh, we, we should say not uh, started again 1990s because it was relatively high developed the uh, discipline of criminology during uh, the second half of the 1970s and the 80s and the 80s. For but example, in Hungary. Yes. Yeah, 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 but it could not be taught at the university. Nay, uh, during the 1970s and the 80s, it was part of the curricula of the law faculties. Ah, it was reintroduced at that moment. Okay. So, ah. Yes, yes. Sorry, might be uh, I said something wrong. No, started the the between of uh, sorry the middle of 1960s. Ah, in the middle every, of 1960s. Every law faculty yeah. had. Uh, Criminology as an obligatory uh, course uh, since uh, uh, the middle of 1960s. Yeah, it's just because um, I want to pick up on, on what you said. So it becomes a course which is mandatory for uh, students of law. But I was wondering what kind of topics were taught at that time because of the sensitivity, of course, uh, if you have the, um, uh, the former Soviet system where Crime is uh, basically something that only happens because of capitalism. What kind of topics were studied? Was it uh, some kind of study of criminalization processes or was it uh, a combination of old uh, positivist uh, issues on, on who is the offender, who is the victim, statistics in combination with more critical uh, subjects? I don't know, I'm just curious because it's a very um, interesting to understand the contemporary development, of course. By yes, at the history. I, yes, yes, uh, I understand. I understand. Uh, so I'm talking about uh, uh, the Utrecht Lorand University uh, Faculty of Law program mm -hmm. and uh, and the University of Miskolc Faculty of Law program because uh, um, during the 1980s I taught uh, criminology in that university. So I'm talking about uh, the time period uh, from uh, 1970s and 1980s. So in that time, the criminology at our universities, faculty of laws, 
um, was a two semesters uh, subject. The first semester, the official name was uh, general criminology or something like that, or theories of criminology, history of criminology. And the second uh, semester, um, I try to translate into English, special criminology, uh, types of uh, crime uh, and the types of offenders. Okay. And it was a, a weak uh, part of the program, a reaction to crime, uh -huh. mainly, mainly uh, crime prevention. Crime prevention. Okay. Uh, there was no. Uh, if you look at uh, uh, the first part of uh, uh, the Sutherland definition, uh, making uh, the laws, it was not a part of uh, uh, the program. We started uh, to add uh, the program, um, the reaction, uh, the making uh, laws, and mainly reaction uh, to crime, so criminal justice policy. Uh, analyzing or uh, criminal justice policy from sociological point of view. This is, uh, we started actually the 1990s. But during the 1960s, 70s, 80s, uh, criminology meant uh, in uh, the law faculties, the history of criminology, theories, and mainly as, uh, as uh, you mentioned and emphasized, the positivist, the theories of positivist paradigm. And uh, it was very weak, uh, uh, the modern uh, criminology, uh, for example, um, crime control, radical criminology, um, situational uh, theories uh, just uh, uh, could be the part of uh, the uh, criminology curricula, actually the late 1990s. And the really new theories like, uh, for example, narrative criminology, as uh, very weak as a part of uh, the curricula. Mainly, uh, I mean, I'm talking about uh, the law, law faculties criminology curricula. The master program is another case. But it started 2011. Yeah. Okay. And, and but the problem, uh, and uh, I think this is a really serious theoretical problem. Uh, actually, until uh, 2015, most of the teachers are lawyers. We had, we had criminological knowledge from different uh, sources. For example, uh, when I was working on my PhD dissertation, I had uh, to study not just the textbooks, uh, but uh, really, um, uh, but the academic literature of uh, uh, criminology. And uh, and I was uh, lucky because uh, I got a scholarship uh, uh, 1991 and I could uh, stay um, actually one semester um, uh, at the University of Pennsylvania, the Salin Center. Marvin Wolfgang was active. For me, it was a more than master and more than PhD course. In 1993, 1994, I was a a scholar of uh, the Rutgers, the School of uh, Criminal Justice, and I learned a lot from uh, from uh, uh, the professors of of uh, that uh, that uh, school, um, Ron Clark and uh, Gerhard Müller was responsible for my my program, so 
it helped me a lot <laughs> to become a modern a criminologist who has low degree. But uh, I think based on that uh, uh, knowledge, I could uh, initiate the master's program. And uh, going back to the to just one moment to the 70s, eh? yeah. in uh, which kind of uh, handbooks were you using? Because there, there was one from Eastern Germany uh, that circulated, okay. that was translated also in Cuba. Yeah. It was a problem. It was a real uh, problem. And there was only one uh, uh, textbook, uh, the name uh, uh, in, in English, the basic knowledge of criminology. And uh, it was a many point of view. It was a very weak uh, uh, textbook. Um, first part of the textbook, the history of criminology, ac actually history until. Uh, until the Second World War, until the Second World War and the second part, uh, it was um, an interpretation of crime. Uh, based on uh, the causation uh, theory. That was uh, the that time leading, uh, who, who was the head of the, the department, uh, the research uh, area. Uh, his, um, his dissertation title was uh, uh, causalis causalitation and, and uh, in, 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 in crime and in criminology, based yeah. on um, uh, Professor Kudyavtsev, a Soviet uh, criminologist. Ah, okay, that was my question. So it was a Hungarian handbook inspired. It was a, it was a Hungarian, yeah. but uh, the theory which I mentioned is based on uh, mainly Kudyavtsev uh, theory, but the textbook was Hungarian. Okay, okay, and and the, and the, it means that the Soviet books, let's say. Uh, were not used. You had your own. Not uh, at all. Not yeah. at all. Uh, no, I wanted to say I don't know how about the 1950s, but the 1950s there was no criminology in Hungary. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. And and it's interesting because uh, in Hungary, uh, just a few uh, criminological, uh, foreign criminological uh, volumes and books were translated into Hungarian. Um, uh, before 1990, uh, I remember that uh, the Kudryavtsev, the the causes of uh, um, of crime, and which is was really nice, the Nigel Walker uh, uh, book, uh, ah, rationality ah. rationality of sentencing. It was ah. it was amazing. It passed through. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think it wow. was uh, it was uh, published in Hungarian uh, 1974, 75, or something like that. So it was a political action. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. And so, and I also have a question, but uh, about the beginnings of mm -hmm. um, because you said they they were the disciples of um, uh, Franz von Liszt. Yeah. From. Um, Austria, and of course, that was the Austro-Hungarian Empire, so it was the same country. Yeah, this is at the beginning, I suppose, of uh, the 20th century, maybe the end of the already of the 19th. And do you, do you have any idea of what kind of teaching they were doing? Because for least many people 
quote him without having read him. And um, I mean, yeah, he was against the short uh, sentences, the short uh, prison sentences, but because he thought they were not good, <laughs> that uh, he needed more time, not, not because they were bad, uh, because people um, were taken out, uh, took out from their context and everything, but because it was not enough time to do something with the person. Eh? So I wonder uh -huh. what happened there, which was the position of these uh, persons. And I wonder if there was some influence from the um, Italian school of criminology, because some of the ideas of von Liszt, and this I learned from Martin, from Martin Kilias, some of his ideas are quite close to um, Enrico Ferri, mm -hmm. but he never quotes Enrico Ferri. Maybe he didn't read it, but uh, I wonder. <laughs> uh -huh. uh, okay, so um, Franz von Liszt, uh, the Hungarian criminologist, particularly one uh, that time criminologist who was uh, uh, Franz von Liszt uh, a student in Berlin. So he followed uh, Franz von Liszt, the so-called uh, multi-factor theory, that the crime has uh, an outside, uh, I mean, uh, outside of uh, the human body factors, actually the social factors, and there is the inner uh, factors. So that's why it's interesting, uh, the Hungarian name of uh, Franz von Liszt school and Franz von Liszt theory. The Hungarian name, the mediator theory. Mediator between uh, uh, the anthropological theories, be, uh, for example, uh, Lombroso, and the sociological uh, theories, um, for example, Gabriel Tardor or Enrico uh, Ferry or Quetli or uh, and so on, but uh, Quetli and uh, Gary's. And earlier uh, academics. So uh, that's why uh, uh, Franz von Liszt was followed as a as a compromised uh, theory, the multi-factor uh, theory, not Lombroso, not uh, just focusing on uh, the social factor of the crime, but uh, uh, it's it's very speakable in Hungarian language uh, the name of the theory. And the other uh, side is, uh, you know that uh, Franz von Liszt was uh, the member of the International uh, Penal Law Association. So, and uh, he has uh, a criminal policy theory and program. And uh, his uh, criminal policy uh, theory and approach is very popular in Hungary, not just in that time, but today. Uh, why? Because of... Uh, uh, he he uh, emphasized that there is no one aim or objective of the punishment. It's up to uh, the type of criminal. Uh, one type, uh, for example, juvenile, we should uh, need an educational uh, educational measure. A habitual offender, we would need a security measure. And the so-called 
one-time offender, we need uh, the proportional uh, punishment. So it's 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 a, it's a differentiate uh, um, um, uh, theory and, and and approach about the aim or objective of the punishment. And he was absolutely uh, popular uh, in Hungary. Uh, Franz von Liszt, uh, student, and he became a professor. Uh, Albert Irk. That's uh, uh, his name. Published the first uh, really volume on criminology. That uh, he he introduced his uh, more than textbook, more than textbook, the history of uh, criminology, uh, the dead time uh, series, the crime situation in uh, Hungary. For example, um, in that book you can find the the geographical analysis of uh, the Hungarian uh, crime situation uh, during the Austro-Hungarian uh, monarchy. And, and we had another uh, nice uh, criminologist in that time who is my favorite, uh, Rustem Vanberi. He was uh, a little bit uh, more, his life uh, represent, represented what I said, that the political uh, situation influenced the Hungarian criminology and Hungarian criminologists. Just, uh, if you don't mind, uh, three, uh, two or three sentences uh, about Mr. Vanberry. So Please. he was a lead. He was an excellent uh, criminal law and criminology professor. Professor during uh, the night, uh, during the nineteen. The first decade uh, and uh, the second decade of uh, the nineties, the and uh, he was uh, a so-called uh, leftist way of thinking. Uh, uh, it was a party, um, the radical party, and he was a member. And in Hungary, nineteen nineteen, we had uh, um, in English uh, a Soviet uh, republic. It was um, actually a three months. It was a very special and difficult situation in Hungary because of uh, the First World War. There was no power and so on. And the communist took the power. And the communist offered university positions. Who accepted the university positions from the communist government? And Mr. Barberi accepted. Uh, and uh, he taught and uh, he was a professor um, uh, between uh, March and uh, and uh, August 1919. And when this uh, this uh, Soviet Republic uh, uh, collapsed and came a new regime, uh, he left his position, all of this uh, position, and he worked uh, as a uh, as a defense lawyer as a defense lawyer. And he defended the later leader of the communist dictatorship during the 1950s. And that's why he was the first ambassador of Hungary in the United States, uh, 2048 or something like that. However, uh, 2046, however, uh, when he realized that in Hungary, developing not a democracy after the Second World War, but a dictatorship, he resigned and he stated, uh, I didn't want to represent a dictatorship. 
So sorry. <laughs> no, it's not. No, but it's 1946 because you said 2046. And no, 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 no. <laughs> Back to the future. No, uh, a criminologist dealing with the future, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. No, but this is is quite interesting because you know all these uh, parts of history. Uh, of course, they are, I'm sure they are well known in uh, in Hungary, uh, but. Um, outside is not so clear you know it's not there is not yeah. a um and that is one of the goals of of, of this podcast to to you know stephen schaefer stephen schaefer yeah. is a well-known victimologist one of the founding father of restitution of victims maybe you should explain because it's a it's okay. an important thing important person let's say sorry thank you very much so stephen schaefer the well-known and internationally esteemed uh, victimologist and criminologist uh, uh, was born uh, in Budapest, Hungary. Schäfer István. István means uh, Stefan. And uh, he was a very talented uh, uh, defense lawyer and criminal lawyer and criminologist. He had a course during the 19... Uh, uh, 30s at the Budapest University, uh, criminal law and criminology. He published uh, important uh, uh, criminal law uh, papers. However, in 1944, he lost uh, his position. He, he expelled a labor camp because of uh, his, uh, he was uh, uh, Jewish. So fortunately, uh, he could came back from the labor camp and he started, restarted his life and professional life. 1956, he published a book. That was the first book. Uh, this way I discovered uh, him about uh, drug law and drug criminal law and drug criminality in 1956. It's, it's a nice book. Uh, one or two uh, years later, he published a short volume about uh, white-color criminality based on Hermann Mannheim uh, theory. Uh, okay, however, he didn't want to join the Communist Party. And 1948, uh, he lost his university job. He, he taught uh, criminology. Um, juvenile delinquency, because uh, in that time he was dealing with the juvenile delinquency and he was the head of the juvenile uh, uh, supervisory body of the Ministry of Justice. He lost all of uh, his job because he didn't want to join the Communist Party. And uh, he was working uh, in uh, factories and so on during uh, the 1950s and 1957 he emigrated um, from Hungary with his wife and uh, his son and went uh, to England and uh, he got uh, a strange university position as a part-time teacher a university of polytechnic or something like that but he got a job um, okay and he published a book uh, about uh, the crime victims and the restitution uh, of uh, the victims. His mentor, Margaret Fry, helped uh, him to go to the United States. And he went to the United States. At first, he, he worked the University of Florida, which, which was not so nice for him. 
later uh, for a year the University of uh, Ohio and finally uh, he got the job as a professor of uh, the School of Criminal Justice at the Northeastern University, uh, Boston. And he, he became, so that was his uh, fantastic one decade. He could uh, doing uh, research, teaching. He was a member of the law enforcement and crime uh, uh, commission. So he's, he, he was very well ad, uh, admired. So it's, it's, a, it's a Hungarian intellectual historian fate during the 1970s. Might be just a few uh, criminologists know that Stephen Schaefer is a Hungarian. He was born in Hungary and he was born in 1910 and he left the country 1957 and became a new life uh, actually during the 1960s in the United States. Well, when you think about the atrocities also that the, 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 the communist regime introduced, I mean, this brilliant guy working in a factory in the 50s, yeah. um, it's, I mean, it's, it's incredible. And, um, and I was wondering, did he keep a contact with the Hungary? He was a so nice person. Um, in 1974, was uh, uh, the Congress of uh, the International uh, IDEPE, the International Penal Law Association, and it was organized in Budapest. And uh, he came to Budapest, and he was one of uh, the speakers uh, on the Congress, and he had he had contact with uh, Hungarian colleagues. And it's interesting, his book series in criminology, which was uh, published in 1969. You couldn't find any American uh, uh, volume on series in criminology where you could find so many Hungarians quoted. <laughs> uh, he followed what's going on in Hungary, uh, either the political point of view and either uh, the scientific point of view, crimin mainly criminal law and criminology. Okay, and uh, I know that you edited the book on uh, yeah. on his memory, eh? yeah. Which, which, which yes, if I remember, uh, uh, is available uh, online. I think it's an open. Yes, access. it's uh, it's available. There is an uh, online uh, version. You can <laughs> you can find the website of the Hungarian Society of Criminology. Yeah. What it's, we can do is uh, mm -hmm. after the the, 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 the interview, then uh, you I, I would send you an email so that you send me the link and we okay. can put it on the website of the podcast and people can click and, and go there. Thank you. And Thank you very much. No, no, I mean, it's, it's quite impressive. And I think there is another Hungarian criminologist that we need uh, to um, to mention. Uh, which is yes, of course. Denis yeah. Sabo. Denis Sabo <laughs> left the country 1947 because uh, because of his uh, family background, because of his uh, his value system. Uh, he he couldn't want to live in a in a, a communist uh, country, and he became a famous, uh, world famous criminologist. And the father of Canadian criminology, because exactly. when you look, uh, he arrived there. He created as as you as you are doing as you did in Hungary. He did the same in Canada. Launched the first program, the school, the society of former students, and then um, 
became, yeah, became the father of criminal. Everything that you're doing there is funny because he also rec uh, obtained recognition of the diploma for some degrees. And mm -hmm. but in that case, he kept also some contact with Hungary. Yeah? Absolutely, absolutely. I'm sure that uh, he started started to get contact uh, um, the middle of 1980s. The middle of 1980s. And uh, I'm sure uh, the 1993 uh, Budapest Congress of the International Society for Criminology couldn't happen without uh, without Denis Sabo help. He had a lot, and later he, he had many um, or a few Hungarian criminologists uh, to go to Canada, the Montreal uh, Comparative Criminological Institute. He was a permanent guest of of Hungary and professional circles. After changing the regime in 1989, uh, 1990, actually every year uh, he 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 came to Hungary. May I read three sentences from the? You Denis have Sabu. all the time. You can do whatever. No, you no, want. no, because it's it's not just a a, a chat. It's uh, it's uh, up to our uh, uh, subject, criminology for lawyers, lawyers criminology, or what's our science. It's a sociological criminology. And Denis uh, Sabo published the paper in uh, Hungary in 1991. And he stressed um, and explained what is the difference between lawyer and criminologist. And uh, he is a little bit uh, um, uh, resi resistant or, or, uh, or uh, challenges uh, um, if a criminologist, just a lawyer, just a lawyer. No, the three sentences. The lawyer himself is interested in the logical flow, while the criminologist analyzes specific behaviors and attitudes. And the second difference, the lawyer is a participant in the prosecution, while the criminologist in an external observer. And the third and final uh, sentence and difference, according to Denis Sabu, the task of the lawyer is to take decisions and form conclusions, but the criminologist wants to explain certain phenomena. So the task of criminologist is to pave the way for understanding and to strive to understand criminal phenomena. By Denis Sabo from the night from an article 1991. I, I, I translated uh, yeah. uh, this ah, that... part. So it's published because I was wondering. Uh, he published a lot. I mean, I, I I I had the opportunity to to meet him and to discuss with him with some time. And um, he was maybe the last uh, generalist. Uh, <laughs> he he had read everything. Um, yeah, he had read everything. Now it's impossible to read everything, but uh, he could make this uh, put these things together and. Um, and I was wondering if his works are, are translated. There is also an, a sort of autobiography done through interviews, which is only available in, in, in Canada. It's published uh -huh. in Canada. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah, uh, yes, uh, I made a mistake. There was another Western book which was translated, Denis Sabo book, it, which was really important during the 1980s. It was published ah. uh, Hungarian and in Hungary, in Hungary. 
how much we would need to uh, digitalize the the publications of some of our predecessors uh Denisa was only one of them but may, many of them are in the same situation just to keep them uh from uh, from disappearing uh, um, uh -huh. it's not so easy to to find them and yeah and, and it's a ma it's a major issue so maybe for Denisa Bo it's um easy to find all his publications in French, because of course uh -huh. Quebec was the, the French-speaking yeah. part uh, of Canada. There are web pages in French which are dedicated to uh, his, his career. So um, probably uh -huh. in English as well, but it's very easy to find in French. So uh, uh -huh. okay. I know because Denis Sabou was also influential uh, for the Belgian criminology yeah, because yeah, of course yeah. we have two languages, uh, Dutch and. Um, French and he had a major influence also on the, the French speaking uh, community. Yes, he was, I, I don't know what he was a professor or just he was a student of uh, the University of Leuven because uh, he Louvain. studied sociolo soci sociology. Exactly, but at the time it was still called uh, Louvain. Uh, ah, okay. Yeah. Before the, oh, it was of course Leuven, but before it um, was uh, divided into a yeah. Dutch and a French speaking university. So uh, indeed, he did his uh, studies at the uh, Université de Louvain, but also uh, Université de Paris in Paris. Yeah, yeah, yeah uh, yes, yes, yes. Yeah, because he met at that time uh, Philippe Robert, who uh -huh. we should we should also interview uh, Levin, and um, and although they didn't have um, the same view of society, of course, uh, I know that by the end of uh, the of the life of uh, Denis Sabot. I think um, they they reconcile themselves and um, and I I am almost sure that Huberto um, Gatti played a role there because Huberto uh, and Henrik Tam, which we have already interviewed for this project, <laughs> they studied in Canada. Really? At this center, at the same time they were together uh, in Canada at the same time, and then they spent. Uh, one month traveling throughout the United States in Greyhound buses, and so it's yeah, they were 20 something at that time. So, um, but this they didn't mention in the podcast, it's something I learned by discussing with Uberto many many times. So, he he played Sabot a major role, I think, also Rene Levy from France when they are. Um, his uh, influence on Europe is uh, European criminology is quite important. Okay, so I think for this part, the part of um, the the history, a little bit of um, of criminology in in Hungary, and um, and also how it is being taught, we we saw different uh, parts. Perhaps we, we we should concentrate a little bit on research. Is there some specific sort of paradigm paradigm that is uh, paradigm that is uh, used, or or something is something particular? As I mentioned that. Uh... Uh, the positivist paradigm is uh, the leading paradigm, and inside uh, that one, uh, the sociologist approach, crime as a social phenomena, and that's uh, that's the leading uh, uh, approach in uh, in Hungary. 
it's a it's an important subject the, the social inequality uh, for example Gottlieb uh, uh, Gunther's theory uh, the social reproduction of crime focusing on how the inequality uh, system uh, influence the crime uh, uh, situation let me mention that we have actually one research institute in the field of uh, criminology that's the national institute of uh, criminology sorry it is part of uh, the chief prosecutor office and uh, but um, it's a nice uh, research institute was founded in 1960. it's interesting that before 1980 we had another i wouldn't say research institute it was an institute of uh, legal institute of the hungarian academy of sciences and it that in that uh, institute had a department of uh, criminal law and criminology and conducted uh, important uh, important uh, criminological research um, it was uh, a, it was excellent uh, researchers for example uh, andras sabo and other sabo Later, he became uh, the member of the Constitutional Court. I don't know why uh, today this institute, not as a as a part of the Hungarian Academy of uh, Sciences, but the institute itself uh, is functioning and working, but there is no criminological research focusing on mainly uh, legal studies and, and uh, research and the different uh, uh, branches of the law. Actually, uh, if we are talking about uh, Criminological research in Hungary is the main uh, forum, uh, the National Institute of Criminology. That uh, institute, a huge and large part of their uh, research based on uh, the file uh, research, because they can get uh, uh, the prosecutor uh, offices uh, files and be and analyzes uh, the files, not just uh, that one there are uh, there are uh, more empirical uh, uh, research <laughs> the main research uh, uh, subject victimology uh, family violence migration uh, i was surprised that uh, it's a new uh, subject uh, in hungary uh, age and crime old age uh, people and uh, and crime uh, it's very active, uh, the National Institute of Criminology. And the other uh, opportunity uh, for research, the university departments. But this is a problem <laughs> because uh, actually we don't have uh, financial sources, uh, really financial sources uh, doing, uh, doing research. Um, in Hungary, we have... Uh, four department of criminology at the university uh, level one of them the Ötvöslorand university my university the second one the university of Miskos, the third one uh, the university of page from the southern part of uh, uh, the the uh, country and the fourth one uh, i mentioned we have uh, uh, a police academy or or faculty of law enforcement uh, that uh, faculty has a, a nice uh, department of criminology but the university faculties we have the uh, shortage of financial sources it's a really uh, problem and a really big problem and i think this is uh, 
this is a, a challenge for for developing uh, the, the the criminology and it's an interesting uh, situation the data protection actually um, a university phd a phd student who dealing with uh, victims victimology subject prison couldn't get uh, opportunity to get data because of the data protection uh, it this is one uh, thing and the other um, as i mentioned uh, the shortage of financial sources so today if we are talking about uh, criminological research in hungary it's a national institute of criminology researches and the phd students researches fortunately if there is no <laughs> data problem uh, getting data uh, they they can uh, uh, can follow making uh, doing uh, research in the field of criminology and it's important because the young generation it's uh, a little bit uh, step uh, away from uh, uh, the positivist paradigm so not just focusing on a positivist paradigm not just doing research based on uh, the sociological approach but uh, interactionist uh, paradigm and the narrative criminology among uh, a few young Hungarian uh, PhD students are, are popular. For example, one of my PhD students completed uh, an excellent uh, uh, PhD uh, essay or dissertation about uh, non-profit uh, uh, drug uh, distribution among uh, university students based on interviews with uh, students. It's really interesting and it's a narrative uh, criminology based on the interviews with uh, the given uh, uh, students and it's nice. Uh, so this is completely new. This is completely new. Oh, nice. It, it's funny that you use the, the, the label positivist criminology uh, in a positive way, which is how it should be used, because it's, it's what it means, positive. Huh? And uh, but most <laughs> people nowadays prefer to be called post-positivists, just not to be. Ah, okay. <laughs> Yo, just okay, not to I be, agree uh, with no, you. No. Might be that's it. This is no. the good phrase. Yeah, but uh, in the in the end, I mean, we are yeah being victims of this um, uh, labeling and identity grouping of everything, and and so. Um, it's nice to see that you escape from that. <laughs> you can talk freely without uh, without any problems. Okay, so I, I see this problem with the, with the research and, and the funding of, um, of of the research. But there is also a, an interesting question there because you were, for example, also a member of the Constitutional Court. And uh, do you think that criminology is having any impact on, on, on lawmaking and on law interpretation? I don't know how about uh, in the other countries, but uh, in my country, in Hungary, we should say that uh, the experts, for example, criminologists, disappeared from uh, uh, the legislative uh, uh, process. A few examples. We have a new uh, criminal code, penal code. It was accepted in 2012. So uh, the codification in, in our countries, it's, it's a really serious uh, uh, process. When uh, this codification process started in um, 
around 2000, there was an, an expert uh, group with uh, different experts from uh, the universities, from the practice and so on. Actually, every month uh, I was a member of uh, that uh, committee uh, and it was useful. Uh, I think, uh, so it was interesting. It was 2010 when uh, the to today uh, political parties uh, got uh, the power uh, with uh, actually two uh, third majority. Never the committee uh, was uh, another meeting, another meeting. The, the code, the penal code was completed uh, less than two years, less than two years. And the final period, the draft was sent to the university departments for a really short period of time. For example, one week or two weeks. Please write your opinion. Uh, I remember that uh, we sent a 17 pages uh, opinion about uh, the draft. Nothing happened. Nothing happened. There was no any influence. But in that time, we were asked. This penal code, penal code of 2012, was modified more or less 60 times. This code came into force 1st of July 2013. And since then, this code was uh, modified roughly uh, 60 times. Uh, there was no any other uh, modification when our department uh, was asked uh, to write an opinion about the draft and so on. So uh, the criminal law legislation in our country, mainly and uh, political, not a professional issue, not a professional issue. I wouldn't say that uh, uh, all of uh, the criminal law, uh, criminal code modification is a political issue, but uh, the experts, mainly from the universities, from research institute, are not part of uh, the legislative uh, process. Uh, let me give you just one example. In 2010, really important uh, criminal penal law uh, codifications uh, happened. For example, uh, it was restricted very serious way the parole opportunity for the serious uh, uh, violent offenders. The so-called school police, school security body uh, was introduced in connection with this uh, school uh, police uh, institute, uh, the penal code uh, was modified. In generally, uh, the minimum age of criminal responsibility in Hungary 14. However, the most serious uh, uh, violent crime 12. And when this uh, school uh, police uh, body security body was introduced, it was uh, modified the section concerning the minimum age of responsibility. Uh, for example, if schoolboy, 13 years old, attacked this uh, security uh, guy, it's a crime uh, which uh, uh, could be uh, prosecuted. Is because it is so serious crime uh, that uh, a young guy between 12 and 14 uh, should be prosecuted. But uh, 
um, there was no any uh, professional uh, uh, discussion or, or debate. I remember that uh, the Hungarian Society of Criminology, which was founded in 1983, this is an umbrella society of uh, different fields of uh, uh, of crime problem, practitioners, uh, academics, and so on. Today we have uh, 255 uh, members. So, and I remember actually until the middle of 1990s, uh, the most important uh, draft uh, criminal law or criminal procedure uh, draft, we could uh, discuss before, before uh, the parliamentary debate at the session and meeting of the Hungarian Society of Criminology. I don't remember what was the last time. So it's, uh, it's uh, from my point of view, it's a very sad uh, uh, situation. I don't think that uh, criminal law legislation is just a political issue. Okay, okay. And, um, and another question about this situation, this, um, the way in which the, some countries are working. We were surprised uh, when we discussed with Krzysztof Krajewski uh, because in Poland, they well, they have some specific journals and we need to know if you have them in, in Budapest. Uh, but yeah. um, the question is how this uh, is taken into account when you present yourself for a position of, of a professor. For example, we learned that in Poland, some new journals developed by the government get more points than the classic criminology journals of Poland. So there was a lot of influence. There is a current lot of influence of the politics on uh, science. In the field of criminology, I don't have uh, the same uh, uh, experience. The main uh, feature uh, in our uh, criminal policy, nobody cares with the academic's opinion and the professor's opinion. I don't know which is uh, the worse, the Polish situation or the Hungarian one, or the Hungarian one. So, uh, of course, I don't know. Uh, how about uh, how about the ministries? For example, uh, the Ministry of Justice has a Department of Criminal Law Legislation. I don't know how about the situation if a, a, a public officer who is working on a given uh, draft uh, of uh, criminal law, uh, he, he, he or she uh, can work on his own way or he has follow a political uh, um, uh, direction. I don't know. I don't know. Okay. And, uh, and about uh, the... Yeah, tell me, tell me. Of course, in the ministry, uh, it's a political uh, institute, but um, I don't know. It's it's a normal one or an extra influence, extra uh, out of uh, professional influence. Yeah. Okay. I suppose uh, that is. Okay. And about the journals in which you publish, do you have a, a, a journal that specializes in criminology? We don't have a a, a journal of uh, criminology. However, we have a, a, the name, the Journal of uh, Interior Affairs. That's uh, the, in, in the criminology, that's the leading journal. It's, it's interesting because this is the journal 
of uh, uh, the Ministry of Interior Affairs. Um, and we have uh, uh, a journal uh, titled by Hungarian Law, Hungarian uh, uh, Jurisprudence, where you can uh, uh, publish uh, criminological uh, papers. And all of the law faculties uh, has uh, uh, journals where you can uh, uh, publish uh, criminological uh, papers. And the National Institute of Criminology has an excellent uh, yearbook. However, in that yearbook, uh, uh, only uh, the institute researchers can, can publish a paper. And the Hungarian of Society of Criminology uh, has uh, uh, a journal, the, the name uh, Criminological uh, Articles or something like uh, uh, that. Um, it's, this is an interesting journal because in this journal, that uh, uh, papers uh, can be published, which was uh, presented uh, the society meeting, the society meeting. So um, I think uh, uh, today is the most important uh, 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 journal, uh, the journal of uh, of law enforcement. Yes, the law enforcement or, or uh, home security affairs or something like that. It's uh, really important that uh, wouldn't be a political pressure on uh, on publication. That's the key key journal, and that's why it's difficult because it's a journal of the Ministry of Home Affairs. So, who is a member of the editorial board? If you submit papers, then probably uh -huh. people who are involved in, in the ministry are also yeah. be reviewing the articles or. Fortunately, that it, it, it's happened a big change okay. of this journal. There is a peer review system. The chief uh, editor is uh, a former uh, high-ranking police officer. However, in the editorial board, there are also members of the Ministry of uh, Interior, but it seems to me there is a uh, a professional uh, uh, work. Which is, of course, important. Um, I have one more question about the Society of Criminology. Yeah. Because you missed something that caught my attention. It is also a society for both academics and practitioners. Yeah. Which is probably yeah. very interesting because um, you need some kind of, um, I mean, interesting discussion between the producers of research and those who are interested in criminological research and try to do something with it in, in practice, uh, for example, applying ideas to prevention. Is that a good system? Um, is there a dialogue between the academic world and, and, and the practitioners? Yes, you are absolutely right. The practitioners like very much uh, the society meeting. And, for example, I am a an academic, and I like very much when uh, a subject, for example, uh, 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 drug criminality or uh, or uh, or juvenile delinquency, or the situation of uh, criminal justice in a certain point of view, when the practitioners, judges, uh, for example, about sentencing practice, the judges, the prosecutors, a defense lawyer, uh, talking about his or her uh, opinion. So the the you are right, the main function of the society, the dialogue between practitioners, 
academics and a dialogue between uh, uh, the politicians who are responsible for for any uh, kind and and area of uh, criminal justice or crime problem it was really important in 1983 it was really important for legitimizing criminology in hungary that in 1983 was founded set up this society more than 300 members it it was amazing it was amazing of course there is no 300 criminologists and during the 1980s the participants of the different meetings conferences of the society uh, was more than 100 practitioners uh, academics and so on uh, today the situation is a little bit uh, worrying because after the covid after the covid we had online meeting we have online meeting and uh, the good thing is and uh, it's a good prospect that inside uh, the society we have uh, a phd section which is very active which is very active for the future of the society is really important. This gives the PhD students the possibility to discuss the development of their uh, yeah. research and discussing exactly. among scholars. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely Actually, important. two times a semester uh, during the past uh, two years, we had an online uh, meeting of the PhD section. It's very vivid, very useful. And after they uh, have the opportunity to publish uh, their paper in uh, uh, the journal of the Hungarian Society of Criminology. It's a good uh, publica publication opportunity. That's the most active uh, uh, part of our society. Ah, that's, that's very good. There is one question that we like to ask to, to our guests. Uh, we discovered it. Um, once we had already started, eh, but uh, it can be quite interesting, is um, how crime has changed in your country during your lifetime. When I started my career as a university teacher, it was 1981. It was 1981. Uh, in that time, uh, the crime uh, uh, was not so serious problem. The registered uh, crime in that time was um, about uh, 220,000 uh, per year or less, or less, 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 under 200,000. Uh, uh, 200, uh, uh, it was a sort of political issue. It was a political issue. Mainly that, uh, in every February uh, until uh, 1990, the chief prosecutor made uh, in every February, the previous year uh, crime data was published, but published only for uh, uh, the professional circles. However, the, the public prosecutor made a, uh, an interview and talking about uh, the crime uh, uh, situation. Uh, it was uh, uh, a few horrible crime event mainly uh, mainly uh, violent crime and so on when uh, 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 causing uh, uh, nervous and uh, and uh, but uh, the crime situation is uh, was uh, a social problem 
not influ uh, so we we wouldn't say that uh, public security uh, was a horrible uh, situation one of the hungarian uh, criminologists said that the public security in an authoritarian regime in a dictatorship um, is a reality <laughs> not a not a dream uh, as i mentioned before 1990 the number of registered uh, uh, crime was uh, less than uh, 200,000. And however, uh, the number of prisoners comparing with uh, the Western uh, countries was relatively high. The number of prisoners per year was around uh, 24,000 uh, uh, inmates, which uh, means the ratio, the rate per 100,000 uh, people, uh, more than uh, more than 200, more oh, than 200, two, 220 or something like that. Um, what's happened after uh, changing uh, the regime? I know the data from the year 1988. That was uh, one year before changing the regime. Uh, the number of registered crime was around uh, uh, 190,000 registered crime. In 1992, two years after changing uh, the regime, the doubled the registered crime. Registered crime. It's a really increase, not because of falsificate the crime statistic during uh, the so-called communist time. We had a, a relatively high quality uh, crime statistics system, which was introduced in 1964. 64. Okay. Oh, it was modified and so on. So it was a real uh, uh, doubled. Uh, the modern Hungary, the peak of the number of registered uh, crime was in 1998, 600,000, 600,000. That was uh, the year when the first uh, uh, Mr. Orban uh, government uh, got the power and the public security issue, more or less a number one issue of, uh, of uh, the election campaign. Um, I remember that Mr. Orman said that uh, um, if we could get uh, the power, we we could fight against uh, the crime and criminality, and uh, in the future, the Hungary wouldn't be a paradise of the criminals, uh, and so on. We we would introduce the really life imprisonment. So it was uh, was promised get uh, tough uh, criminal policy and law, law and order aspect, but it's true that 600,000, it was amazing, uh, uh, registered uh, crime in 1998. 2009, this is uh, the sixth uh, or seventh year of the socialist uh, liberal coalition government, and the number of registered crime was less than 400,000. 400,000. How about uh, today? Today, the registered crime, uh, 150,000. It's a huge decrease. It's a huge decrease. Um, actually, there is no deep research. Uh, how could we explain this huge uh, uh, decrease? From legal point of view, uh, uh, there is one uh, uh, reason that um, the level of uh, the uh, the property crime, uh, it was uh, 
it was increased. I mean, uh, the value uh, of uh, the stolen goods, what is uh, a criminal offense and what is just an administrative offense. Before uh, 2012, the level between uh, uh, administrative offense and criminal offense in the, uh, concerning uh, property crimes was 20,000 forints and from the new criminal code, 50,000, 50,000. And if you look that uh, the structure of the Hungarian registered crime, roughly 45% belong to the property crime. So this uh, uh, legal modification influenced uh, on uh, decreasing. I wouldn't say that's the point, but influenced uh, uh, some way on uh, decreasing uh, 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 the registered uh, uh, crime. How about uh, the prison uh, uh, ratio and the number of the uh, prisoners? Since uh, the changing the regime, it was 1995 when was uh, the lowest the ratio of the prisoners, around 125, 125. And today, during the past few years, it's again increasing the number of prisoners. The last year, more or less 19,000 uh, uh, inmates we had in the Hungarian uh, prisons and uh, uh, the ratio per 1,000 uh, 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 habitants is um, 194. We are closing the socialist time. We are closing the socialist time. And this is not uh, because of uh, there is a high ratio of uh, the imprisonment, determinate imprisonment, the determinate imprisonment, uh, the ratio among uh, in the sentencing practice, roughly 10, 11 uh, percent. However, the length of the imprisonment is too high. It's too long. That's the main reason that uh, increasing again the number of inmates and uh, the ratio of uh, the inmates. So um, I don't think that uh, uh, the crime situation is a really public security issue, but it's uh, it's a political uh, uh, issue. It's uh, it's an important issue during the election campaign. Yeah. So perhaps the the crime rates also played a role in in uh, in the, in the political arena. Yes, yes, exactly, exactly. Uh, this time, uh, from the governmental point of view, look, during our time, uh, the crime decreasing, it's a very uh, large and high way. Yeah. Uh, when uh, Mr. Orban, second government, took the power, the registered crime was around 400,000. And yeah. as I mentioned today, 150. And for you in your daily life, your yes. perception of crime, when you, the crime that you live with, mm -hmm. how, how this has changed? Because you, you have seen, yeah, a period of time that is quite interesting. You have lived the transition. I must say that uh, during my, my life, um, and if I look back, uh, uh, the 1980s, um, the public security is uh, is nice in Hungary. Of course, sometimes happened 
horrible uh, criminal offenses. But in general, the public security uh, is, uh, I think, is, is normal and modest in, in Hungary. Okay. Okay, and because some, sometimes discussing with colleagues also from yeah, from Poland, they they, they say that they, yes, um, there was um, there was less crime. Of course, nobody wants to live with less crime in an autocratic society. Uh, and then, yeah, the the country became uh, a modern country with um, with different types of crime that you live. Uh, that you learn to live uh, with, yeah. and that are maybe the ransom of uh, of um, of having um, a democratic life. But of course, they can be used also for some extremist parties to take advantage and insist on that. So it's a it's a delicate issue. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. And and as you mentioned. If there is anything else you want to say about that, just tell No, no, it's okay. I agree with you what you yeah. mentioned. Because fear of crime is a major issue, and the problem is that you don't have a victimization surveys. Eh? Yeah, it's a big problem. It's a big problem. Uh, the National Institute of Criminology uh, one time uh, conducted uh, a, a victimological uh, survey, and I know uh, that the head of uh, the, the institute or the management uh, um, initiated that we should need uh, a national victim survey, uh, but unfortunately uh, we don't have uh, a national victim survey. Yes. Okay, and how long is that ago, the last victimization survey, just to, to have an impression? During the 90s. It was a representative, not a nationwide uh, victimization survey. The National Institute of Criminology conducted uh, mm -hmm. a, a victimization survey. Okay, in Belgium, national representative uh, surveys of crime victimization and fear of crime also developed pretty late in comparison to other countries. But I was just wondering what the, the reasons uh, are behind not uh, having, for example, a biannual or uh, for annual uh, crime victimization survey because it would be able to uh, compare the, the decrease in crime rates with other data, other sources. Uh, I try to answer all of your questions, but in this, I, I don't know. I don't know uh, what's, uh, what's the reason because would be experts because we have uh, really good uh, experts, really good experts. Uh, this kind of uh, victimiza victimization uh, surveys. Good experts, uh, the National Institute of Criminology, for example, Laszlo Korinak, it's an, um, uh, one of the leading academics in the field of criminology. I don't know what was the reason that uh, that they were refused or this uh, initiative were, were refused. Okay, and uh, because we were arriving probably we have seen most of the things we wanted to discuss with you but uh, you mentioned the, the prison population and um, uh, <clears throat> as a complement to this idea of how crime changed during your lifetime you already presented a little bit how the prison population changed also but uh, apart the issue of numbers the the social demographic composition of the um, of the population, did it also change compared to when you started in the 1980s to nowadays? For example, if I look at Switzerland, there is a clear change in the percentage of non-Swiss inmates. Okay, I, I understand. 
I think it's increasing. It's increasing the non-Hungarian inmates, but I wouldn't wouldn't uh, say that uh, is the majority. It's increasing in some way. It's in some yeah. way. Yeah, and also there is the issue of uh, women in prison, eh? which is uh, usually very low. But was there any change be during the, the, the like they say, that's the communist regime and the democratic uh, regime? Uh, no, 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 no. Ma, uh, exactly uh, some changes uh, among uh, the juvenile, uh, among the juveniles. It's a little bit um, around 16 years old uh, uh, juveniles. Uh, it's a little bit increasing uh, the girls, but it's it's uh, not uh, the serious uh, way, not the serious way. No, now it is quite interesting because um, yeah, in, in both regimes, participation of uh, uh, of women in crime remains um, remains low. Uh, with with yeah, with two different ways of dealing with uh, with the society in general. So I, I was wondering if, uh -huh. if you have seen any any difference at that. Okay, so I think, Levin, that we went almost through everything. I don't know if there's anything else. No, we conducted, uh, I mean, we discussed all the topics we had prepared, plus the additional one. And of course, <laughs> we, we had the opportunity to discuss some additional um topics on, on the history of uh, criminology in Hungary on important figures, which I think is very important because many things will not be known to, uh, especially younger generations of criminologists in Europe. So it's, um, I think, a very informative uh, interview. So we are really thankful um, for having had the opportunity to discuss the development of uh, criminology with you. So um, I guess we, we can just, uh, Thank you for your participation and uh, quit the, the recording right here. Um, so thank you very much, Miklos. And um, yeah, one thing that we I, that I learned also from you is that um, in Hungary, the, you use first first the family name. Get, and yes, then, yes, yes. And that is why Edward Lorand University is called like exactly. that. Eh? So if you would be a Hungarian, Abby Marcelo. Ah, and when you, when, okay. yeah, yeah, that is nice. Also, I did, yeah, you learned me that also, that the University of Budapest changed its name to Edward Laurent University. Yeah, actually, uh, the original name was uh, uh, the University of Pazmány Peter. Uh, he was, Peter Pazmány uh, was an archbishop. And later, uh, it became the University of Budapest. And uh, uh, and later uh, the today name Ötvös-Lorand University. Yeah, uh, it's funny this fascination for names in the university yeah. in the for ah, you names know, of because changing the history. <laughs> <laughs> of ah. course, some names are related to some periods in time. It's we had the same discussion in, in uh, our faculty about the names of. Um, important buildings in, in our faculty should we rename them um, uh -huh. sometimes a very sensitive topic <laughs> yes exactly exactly but i guess there, there are huge um challenges for the criminology in, in hungary given the the situation we didn't want to talk too much about politics but it is really 
something that's cumbersome. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you very much, and uh, then we can, if we need to discuss something else. Uh, thank you very much, and I will cut here. following Liven and Marcelo's Criminology Podcast. This podcast is edited by Eduardo Coco from the University of Lausanne. Our theme song is Seagull's Night, Noche de Gaviotas, composed by Gustavo Cantero, arranged by Tato Germano, and played by Tato and Gustavo with the voices of Sasha Conte and Alejandro Turco Gujot. Your host and Levin Powells from Ghent University in Belgium, and Marcelo Aedi from the University of Lausanne, Switzerland. Cheers, and see you soon.